If you want to know where your emotional sobriety is, look at how you deal with a disagreement with your partner. Mm -hmm. That's going to give you every bit of insight (laughs) into your level of emotional maturity that you can have. Bill Wilson, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, wrote in 1952, if we examine every disturbance we have, great or small, we will find at the root some unhealthy dependence and its consequent demand. Wilson suggested that if we could identify and continually surrender these unrealistic and unrealizable demands, that we may then be able to accomplish what he imagined to be the recovery's next frontier, something he called emotional sobriety. Flash forward 70 years and join psychotherapists and best-selling authors Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger, who have taken up the mantle of exploring Bill Wilson's new frontier. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety, the next step in recovery. Here we are in our podcast. I have no idea how long we've been doing this podcast, guys, but I have missed being with you uh, for a couple of weeks, and I'm glad to be back with you. It also feels like I'm back with my support system. I'm here with Alan Berger and and Patrick Newman. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) You were deeply, deeply, deeply missed. (laughs) Great to have you back, man. Great to have you back. I know you've been going through a a lot of stuff, and... You know, I'm, I'm excited later on. We're going to you know, look. I'm excited about this episode Me too. You know, we talk about emotional sobriety all the time. And mm-hmm. and there's so many different dimensions to emotional sobriety. And maybe one of the most important is is how we experience love and how we yes. are in love and what love means to us. And I think that there's, you know, in one way of thinking about it, there's no greater area in terms of the impact that emotional sobriety has and on our relationships, especially with those that we dearly love and and cherish. And so we're going to really explore that today, but we're going to, we're going to do it in the context of this great little book you've written, Tom. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. And you're, you're absolutely right too, about the fact that, that it's, um, it's interesting. I think that these are, when you're talking about this, there are some sweeping generalizations that I, that I would just say, put a disclaimer on and say, we all have to find ourselves in that and everything we say here may not apply to, it won't, we will not apply to every single person. But I, you know, one of the things that, that I believe I've found from my own history of and being in relationships and doing well and not doing so well uh, and working with other couples is that sadly, the place where, you know, where our, our best selves breaks down is with the people who we love the most, <laughs> you know, and so often our best selves are, you know, are being, are, 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 we're showing our best selves out into the world and other people are getting that. And what happens is we get home and, you know, we do want home to, to be a place where we're with our loved ones, which means we can, to me, I think of it as like, I want home to be, you know, I want our, and, and when I say home, it can be, a, it can be a place, but it's also a relationship. It's a place where you can take off, you, you ideally want to be able to take off your armor and leave it on the porch and go in and just be yourself. And, um, and, and if we're not careful, what ends up happening is we're, we're not, we're not being really respectful to our, to our relationships when we do that. And it's like, um, so it's, um, it's it. It's well, in, an interesting dynamic, isn't it? See, I, this, yeah. this, Christopher Lash called it a haven in a heartless world. I, <laughs> I love that phrase, right? That's that's what we want. Absolutely. Right? That's what we want. Now, to achieve that, though, may be different than what a lot of people think. 
but but I wanted to say, say something about the other thing, and it's totally mm-hmm. I've totally lost it right now for a minute. <laughs> you know, you were starting. Out, oh yes, about mm-hmm. we save our worst behavior for those people that we love the most and care <laughs> yes. the most about. You know, the way that I heard Doctor um, David Snarch talk about it is that when we are anxious or stressed in a relationship, we drop to the lowest common denominator in ourself. Mm. And then we tend to respond from the lowest common denominator if our partner drops to the lowest common denominator in themselves, right? right. Or, you know, another way that that uh, I heard somebody say it, drop to your to your lower self, right? That when we right. when we go, when we operate, or Bill would call it our our hidden Mr. Hyde, right? right. That that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And when and that's so true, man. We save our worst behavior. Dr. Kempler used to say the reason we do that is because we have this idea that the our our close relationship, that's the one place everything should go our way. <laughs> we yeah. It's absolutely. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The one the one that is that actually has the, the greatest depth, uh, the, 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 the it has the most importance to us. It has it, is, it has the more options or more opportunities for complications. And that's the one that should be perfect. What it means is that's the one that's going to take the most work. For most yeah. of us, it's that's like a it's, reframing of it, man. Yeah. It's, it's really where where your emotional sobriety is going to be tested the most. You know, if you want to know where your emotional sobriety is, look at how you deal with a disagreement with your partner. Mm-hmm. That's going to give you every bit of insight <laughs> into your level of emotional maturity that you can have. One of the things you have to do with that is you have to actually listen. You have to let those defenses down that get up so often in the, the relationship. You have to you have to also listen to your partner because the, your partner sometimes when they're saying things that you really don't like, uh, you know, is, is speaking. They may not be saying it exactly right, because like you say, we're they're They're in their defenses, too. But but it's like there's information in what our partners are saying to us that this is what I've learned and, and how I've learned in relationship. And it's and it's 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 one of the top ch- life changers in my life is 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 you know to listen not listen for how is she wrong when Didi's talking to me listen for how what is she saying to me that I can use what is she saying to me that's probably right yep. and it's like and you know and and I you know and I, I almost wanted to do the joke and I'm oh, disappointingly she's she's right very much of the time but I don't even feel that way anymore it, the, the joke doesn't even work in my head because I'm going like. Uh, and we had a conversation last night that was just one of those that that helps me celebrate the fact that and I could see in that and we had a conversation about that all of the it, it's not just because we have this relationship and, and we've stuck with it, which is an important piece of it, but we've done the work. It's like we were we were talking about some stuff that based, I mean, something I mean, something that would have gone off the rails probably you know late night ineffective talk conversation uh days of, of being troubled and not knowing what's going on both of us being confused we we, we dealt with it and i swear less than five minutes it's it's like you know just because defenses were down we we Dee had a question about something i had said you know we talked about it we both listened to each other we both heard each other 
and we were okay. But uh, what I want to say to the people listening is if you want to get to that place, now maybe you have that place naturally. I don't, you know, I never did. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, def- I think, I think the political term for it is a defensive motherfucker. It's, it's the, that, so it's like, I, you know, my defenses will, will have really rapid reflexes. And so it's taken a lot of work for me to learn how to keep those defenses down for sure. No, I, I, I was going to, I was going to uh, do a scaramooch on you. Garamooch was the uh, student of Cherno de Bergerac. The great oh, okay. Center, right. In, mm-hmm. in France, right. Yes. And, and he taught him everything he knew. And so they were in a, you know, in a fight one time and Scaramouche bested Cherno de Bergerac. And from that point on, whenever a teacher teaches you something that you use against the teacher to best them, it's called Scaramouche them. You've I love it. Oh, I love. <laughs> so, so you you taught me a long time ago is that there's no the brain doesn't process a negative, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you say don't think of a mm-hmm, pink no. elephant, right. what are you going to think of? Right, a pink elephant. And you say you can't tell someone just stop thinking of that pink elephant because mm-hmm. it won't work, right? Mm-hmm. So when we say lower your defenses, what your brain hears is defenses, right? Mm-hmm. Good point. So, yeah. Right. So, so what you, what we've been learning, it's not about lowering your defenses. It's about increasing your humility. Well, which is defining what, yeah, you're right. You use the same language. Cause I don't know how to, how to, I, 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 I tried to take negative out of my language when I was teaching about the negative command, but it's, it's like, so what you have to do is define lowering defenses and you define it by what is not what is not. And humility is a beautiful, yeah, humi- humility, humility and curiosity. Those two things are, are key. Humility and curiosity. Meet your partner's criticism or feedback with humility and curiosity, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You do that, you won't be defensive. Right. It's just, there's no room for it. Well, and what I want people to know is what I remember about doing that work through the years with, 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 with help of therapists. I mean, I'm not, you know, we, we had a lot, of, a lot of wonderful therapists helped in a couple in particular, one, one particular, uh, Mary Elizabeth Hickman is the person that did a, a lot of work with Dee Dee and I, that I quote her very often uh, because she was, she was so helpful with that. And it's, what I want people to know is, first of all, if you need if you need help, you need help, and and so please get it, and it, it can come in various forms. But but it's, it needs to be somebody somebody who's not either one of you in terms of who's in the relationship. What I want you to know is, you won't know that it won't feel like you're get doing good when you're doing good. It's like this is just like any other part of recovery. It's it, as a matter of fact, I was I was looking through my book that you were talking about. What love is is I want to say I want to talk to you guys about my recent re- reaction to my my own book in a minute he was talking about getting outside your comfort zone and the paraphrase of it was here's how you know how you're outside your comfort zone you're going to feel really uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) that's that's how you know and it's like that's not a bad place to be when you're in this and so the idea is where your reflex is to be defensive I mean, what you just said, when you when you counter that with humility and curiosity, I mean, those are two things that really I mean, that's a beautiful definition of lowering defenses. Now that I think about it, it's like just all by itself. We could probably do more with it if we if we bat it around, Alan. But but the idea is that that's true intimacy into me. See, you know, that's that's really and it and it, you know, and when you 
and I can, and I think you can attest to this as well, is the idea when you get to a place where you have that, you, you end up building more trust in your relationship. It really doesn't, it's not such an, a, a discomforting thing. It's not, it's not out of your comfort zone anymore, but at first understand that knowing you're out, outside your comfort zone is actually not a bad sign. Cause, cause yeah. that's where the, the, the defensive parts of our mind, the, the committee members are, they're going to say, you know, run, get the hell out of there, shut down, uh, fight back, whatever. It's like, no, it be, knowing that being outside your comfort zone is a sign that you're on the right track. You know, just like we tell people when they first, you know, when they first get sober, if they get sober from alcohol, for instance, it's like they say, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not drinking. I'm going to these meetings, but I feel horrible. And we say, right, exactly. That's what you're, yeah, that's what you're going to do. You know, how long am I going to be feel that way? We don't know how long we know how though, that you'll get better. And that is through consistent, constant repetition. That's right. No, add curiosity and humility, man. I mean, it's (laughs) such a important formula in terms of, you know, emotional sobriety, right? That's, we've been talking about Bill defined it that way. He says, you know, he says, what is emotional sobriety? He goes, real maturity and balance, which is to say humility in relationship with ourselves, he says, with fellows. And then he said, with God, I also mm-hmm. add in there with life, right? It's that yes. thing too. It's it's in terms of the experience we have in life. And this is so critical. I mean, it's the one thing that if we work on increasing our humility, and our humility is just that we have gaps in knowledge. We don't know everything. And that, 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 you know, we, you know, I've come to that point where what I, what I used to defend wasn't worth defending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a part of me that I really needed to start to let go of not to try to bolster and reinforce, right? right. And make more of, and see, that's the part that I didn't understand for so long. I clung to this idea of who I was supposed to be or who I should be. Mm-hmm. And it was, and like you said, man, letting go of it. While there yeah, was yeah. some relief, it right. was also very uncomfortable. Right. It, it gets, it gets more comfortable. time. But see, just as you say that when you, when you say clung to it, I'm listening, you can hear it in your voice. If you're just listening to the audio of this, you can hear that, but I'm looking at you and you're, and you're tense, your shoulders come in, you're, you're, yeah. <laughs> oh, you just added that look in your eye. That's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> but, but your, but your, your, your fist grip, you know, and it's, and it's like, that's what it is. And, yeah, and right. No, and, and that's, that's just, also the Italian in me, right? That's, 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 <laughs> well, that's, what, whatever, what, whatever nationality whatever is, or, or what variety of that. You're saying don't play cards, Alan, because. That's, right. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It's like, but I put it, I, I, I did find this one in this, in the, what love book is, it's sometimes I try to state the, ob- the obvious. Oh, by the way, obvious. I wanted to say to everybody, I read that book. You sent it to me right yeah. after you wrote it. Yeah. And I'll tell you, man, I couldn't put it down. Every page had another gem in it and I couldn't I turn the page to the next gem. It is, it Thank is, you. It, it's your nutshell wisdom at its best. Well, let, let me, let me, let me read this one piece. And if, 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 if it's okay, I will, I will, because, because I want to, I actually, this, and this may be uh, a bit of a, um, I'm not sure where this is. This is, this is one of those places where we've, I think we've all three had this with our podcast where it's like, I'm having a, a, an experience in the moment. I'm having an experience, even this morning, getting ready for the, the podcast in which I, I'm got a lot of energy and I wanted to talk 
I wanted to tell you guys about it. There's a little section called double check. And it says at the end, it says, sometimes when we are absolutely certain about something, we are wrong. Absolutely certain. And, and we need to remember that just because I'm absolutely certain does not make me right. But here, here's what I want to say. And this one of the reasons I want to say this, Alan, is because this is also to me, it's a testament to what I have of my growth since we've been working on this stuff. I mean, one of, I mean, this is, uh, I can, I can get emotional talking about this. It's, it's like the, um, I am, I am forever grateful for you in my life. I, uh, and that has extended by the way, and that's not just, I'm not just, just doing a polite, including you here, Patrick, but that, that, that extends to you because you've part, become a part of this unit. That is the, that is the three of us that is really, um, I think we all felt it when we got to be together. Uh, and, and, uh, when we came to see you, Alan, it's like, but I'm so grateful for you. And it's like, and I, in part, and what I'm talking about here is, is my relationship with myself. It's, it's like, you know, I mean, one of the most beneficial things about being somebody who was just meaner and a snake to myself most of my life is, and has such a, a ruthless condemning should monster is that I've, I've always been able to connect with people and help people. You so like, you know, how, how can, you know, non-alcoholics can help out alcoholics, but we have a, we have a special kind of advantage you know, and having been there. And so like, so I've been able to really connect and help people who are really mean to themselves because I've, because I've been there and that's, and unlike alcoholism, it's like the, the, the actual drinking of alcohol, sobriety is a much more, um, uh, gray area thing because, because, you know, that should monster, you know, I don't have to pick up a drink to buy into a negative message from my should monster, you know, and I don't have to, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't have to be, I'm not in relapse necessarily. If I am leaning into some negative thinking about myself, I'm just off balance. But one of the things that, and I'll try to say this in as concise way as I can. And I, I went through this with my first book, Simple Truth, while we were working through the 12 steps um, on the Thursday night meeting, uh, at, because I began to recognize so many of the things we were talking about as being in that book. And I would go back and look at it. And I was, I would, I, I would literally have the book in front of me when, when we were doing our Thursday night meeting and marking into it and saying, you know, that stuff was there. And, and it's one of those deals where I don't know how to describe it. We could do a whole, we, we're all three writers. We could, we might want to do a podcast just on, on what, what it's like to write, because, because the truth is, you know, I didn't, I didn't, at least at this level, I didn't know the shit that I, that I, that I wrote. I didn't really understand a lot of the stuff I wrote in simple truth when I wrote it, but I, but I, you know, I would go, man, that's it's still really good. But more to this, to this book, it's um, more recently because of some of the nice things you've said about it. I've gone back to it. I've looked at it and it's like, um, and so this morning I was reading it. I just decided to read it this morning. And, uh, and I don't tend to read what I write once I'm done with it. I, I, I you and I've talked about that, Alan, one of the mistakes that we make sometimes is, is we stop using some of the concepts that we write about because we're, we've already been there, done that we're, we're, you know, and that, and the good part about that is we're looking for new stuff. But the other thing is that what I've discovered is a lot of some of my best stuff, it gets lost because I don't return to it. Uh, and, and I, and I have come to understand through the emotional sobriety process is that is a so, sort of a subdued level of 
of self-incrimination. It's like, it's not giving myself credit. It's like, it's almost like I, I, I told somebody not long ago, it's almost like with the books that I have that are out there that, are, that people like, and they read and stuff like that. I almost kind of had a feeling of like, wow, I got, I got away with that. <laughs> so, you know, uh, that, that pass, that passes for a book. That's good. But I'm, I was, I'm reading this this morning and, and it's, and it's like, um, I love it. It's like, I'm far enough away from having written this thing. And I'm sitting there and I, that's what I want to say. I don't want to sound like I'm just an egotistical maniac because, and I think you guys know that, um, I don't think you think I am, but it's like, I was exactly what you just said. I started reading it and realizing that this for this little book that has these little entries into it, one leads to the other, what builds on itself, it goes back, it reviews, it does all of these things. It really is the the sort of the the essence of self-help about relationship. And it and it's it's like and it's done very, very concisely. And to where I was just really loving this book. And it's like that's, I mean, it's weird because I want, what I want to do is I want to thank you for that because I, because I, because I think that I actually am having an experience and I've, I've always been the first one to say, don't talk to me about self-love. I want, you know, I can talk, I can deal with self-respect, but self-love's hard. But I realized, I realized I had a, I was feeling some, I was feeling love for, for the guy who wrote this book, hmm. you know, because I was aware that because with every one of these things, I can take you if we went through one by one, I could tell you stories about every single of those little baby pages of where I was once fucking these things up. And, and it's, it's like, and I was realizing how much, how much progress is involved in, in all of this and how, um, and really valuing myself as a, as a, as a person, as a recovering person, realizing how much work I've done. And one of the things that's very important to me in my life, because I never meant to be a therapist, I always intended just to be a writer is I've, I've, I'm, I'm loving myself as a writer. It's, it's like, and uh, I'm very aware that I'm saying that in a, in a setting right now where I don't think I would have any trouble saying that to you guys at any time, but I'm aware of that. I'm saying that to where other people will hear this as well. And it's, and it's a little bit outside my comfort zone. Now that we're thinking about it, it's like, like talking about that. It's like, cause I can feel that in my chest that it's, I'm going, I don't know how that comes off, how that sounds. I hear the little voices going on, but. I'm curious. It's is a, there, it's a great it, feeling about valuing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, was there a passage in particular that when you picked it up after not looking at it for a while, where you felt you had grown into the uh, a observation that you made when you first wrote it in a way that like was somehow different or kind of like you know it became more true um than it had initially the coolest the, the, the i have an immediate response to that patrick and i love i love that this is my response no all of it it's like, I mean, because it's, it's, it's how it's put together. It's what it's in there. There are, yeah, there are a lot of things in here that I like really specifically. One of the, yeah, one here's of the specifics, go ahead, go ahead, because go ahead. people don't have a flavor for it yet. They, they okay. 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 But they're not getting a sense of what it, what it, what's really in there. So can okay. you read, read a few things that stand out to you? Okay. Um, let's see. 
now 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 i'm feeling insecure okay so, um, <laughs> so all of a sudden it changed this right now well it was gonna come that was ephemeral that was short-lived no uh, yeah yeah well uh, that was nice while it lasted well one of the things i can say is, is i can immediately say insecurity is not self-hatred it's like because because it used to be there was not much distinction it was a slippery slope it's like no i'm just i'm, I'm overthinking it at this point where i'm going i'm going oh i gotta get the right ones that, that'll give everybody the feel for the just turn to a page just okay here. We'll simplify. Okay. Stop. Okay. Stop okay. doing what you're doing and turn okay. to a page and read it. Just okay. Read okay. It. Early, early page, page 17. The most important thing uh, says discovery is meaningless without action. Uh, I said this is short little entry says I can I can take guitar lessons from Eric Clapton, but if I don't practice between lessons, I will not play the guitar. I can show up faithfully for my lessons. I can pay close attention, and I will be able to genuinely claim that I know a lot about playing the guitar. But without practice, what I know will what I know will not change is the fact that I cannot play. So you can understand everything there is to understand in this little book, and it will not make the slightest difference in how you love. Please read what follows with the intention of creating a daily practice of what you discover to be useful here. Practice is the only way to change, and commitment to perpetual practice is the only way to mastery. Man, just for, for something pulled at random, that's pretty fucking real. I, yeah, I, I feel that, you know, deep. That's right. Uh, and look, that's the theme on the Thursday nights now when we've been talking mm -hmm. about so emotional sobriety mm -hmm. and self-esteem. You know, we're going into Brandon's work and he says the practice of living consciously, yep. Yep. the practice yep. of, you know, self-esteem. Yeah, that's one, that's one of the things that I often don't realize is the things that I talk about nowadays. I look back at the old stuff that I've written in, in, in earlier books and realize, oh, wow, I thought I was thinking that was something I was coming to more recently, but I've really been saying that all oh, along, God. you know, and, and part of that, and, and this is, I could say this to you guys as writers, tell me if your experience is the same. It's like, part of that is the guy that was talking to you right now is not the guy who wrote the book. That's right. You know, it's like, it's just, it's a different aspect of my personality. I, it's even, you know, and, and if we, we can get into what we believe about in terms of our connection to the, to the greater universe, you know, I would even say at times there, there's such a channeling experience with writing these books uh, that, that I would, I would say it's, I no longer am surprised when I write something that's smarter than I am, you know. Hey, it's, can I ask it's, a question about the writing of the book? Mm -hmm, so what, yeah. so what, where were you at in your life when you wrote it? What were like the conditions that produced this like tome of like I had this, yeah. I had a I I had a I had been working with enough women who were who were who were uh, frustrated as hell with with our gender uh, in relationship that I had jokingly begun to 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 say I was going to write a book called Clues for the Clueless. And it was, it was pretty much implied it was for men. It's like, it's like sad, sad to say, but um, so I, I, so I had made notes about that thing. Well, maybe I could really do that. And then this is one of the things that is just usual for me in my, my spontaneous life is I had people come to, came to me one, uh, uh, one uh, at one point and said they, they were building, uh, they were putting together a, a, a Valentine's basket, gift basket that they were pitching to Walmart to sell. And, and that they had a guy who was writing a little gift book for it uh, about love and that he had dropped out. Could I, could I write a book about that? And so I wrote the first draft that day 
I wrote the first draft of this book. This book took, took a long time because I've spent a lot of it's a lot of years with it before I wrote it down. But I wrote the I wrote the first draft of it in two hours. It was because uh, I was writing it as a, as a single entry thing on each page. So I just I just channeled that out and put put that in. And, and the essence of that is still there. There's it's been it's been worked on an awful lot. But it's uh, so so that's what got it going was just it just it just was a an immediate thing, an opportunity. By the way, they, they didn't get the they didn't they I didn't get into Walmart. <laughs> didn't, that, didn't, that didn't work out. But it's like um, that's I mean, that, that's how it happened. So it's like it wasn't anything I actually thought a lot about before I did it. It's more that once I had it, I liked the essence of it. And I kept coming back to it over the years and revising it until it got to this to this particular form. And um, so, uh, you know, I, and then Andrew um, and, and I'm forgetting Andrew's last name, Andrew, Martin. your partner, Andrew Martin, Andrew Martin, Andrew Martin had turned me when I once, once my, my literary agent had retired and I didn't have an agent anymore. Uh, uh, he, he told me about uh, publishing through Amazon. And so I, I so I want to, I want to find out what that's like. And I picked up this, this manuscript, started working with it. And that's what I did. So. Well, writing itself, the act of writing, it's, it, it is, it's a practice. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you don't get shit done thinking about what you're going to write. You got to write to decide what right. what's going to be written. And um, I uh, didn't write for a long time before I got physically sober. And uh, my process has been growing and evolving ever since I've kind of started regrowing my brain. And um, mm -hmm. the the less uh, the less that I the, the more that I frustrate that impulse to kind of like uh, trying to imagine the perfect paragraph and uh you know or the wisdom you know that uh I'll, I'll theoretically be able to create on the page once i finally sit down and do it and the more i just sit down and kind of work it all out it's in it. the moment. that's yeah it. I'm, I'm going through that right now with working on the book that, that you know because I, I keep working on the the uh, the one day at a time book that, that that you and i are working on and and it's it's alan and and i'm relearning that lesson of course it's always about relearning and it's like i'm relearning the lesson that if that that I, you know, I'll have these little notes and all margins of everything I'm reading about. Oh, I can, this would be a good one for that. I can do that. But it's like, and, and I think this is what you're talking about too, Patrick, is, is the only way that it's going to get written, of course, if I, is if I sit down and write it. And, but almost always, not necessarily always, but almost always, what I start writing is not what come, what I end up with. It's, it's, it's not the same. It's like uh, very often, you know, like our little, our little formula is thought for the day and then a reflection on it. Very often I write the thought for the day, write the reflection and have to change the thought for the day because I didn't do that. It's like I put something else in there and it's like, and so that's one of the great lessons to th this. And I, and I think we could actually even liken this and, and connect this to the whole getting outside of our comfort zone, being willing to just be in the process, whether that be, have a you know I can we translate that to having a conversation with somebody that you, where you haven't figured out everything you're going to say yet but that you're going to be there but it's like yeah I just need to write that first sentence or those first words and see what happens I have a question about uh and this is bringing Alan's book and what uh mm -hmm. something that jumped out at me when he was talking about love and emotional sobriety is mm -hmm. um if you don't have an emotional center of gravity if uh you're still um very uh dependent on people places and things uh to give you validation and to uh it, you see people and you see your loved ones as tools rather than actually seeing them for them and i just was wondering if that intersected a bit with what love is in the, in the in terms of how can we love better how can we be more present that exists at the crux of emotional sobriety in many ways 
Oh, absolutely. And, and I always love that, that. I love what you do with the, with the metaphor of balance, Alan. It's like, it's, yeah. it, God, it's everything. No, you, you know, the, the, the model that I've often used for mature love is, is really was suggested by this brilliant um, philosopher, um, Martin Buber. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the I to thou relationship. And he contrasted it, Patrick, with what you were talking about was the I to it relationship. See, when I relate to you as an object, as an it, then I don't see you. I see what you can or cannot do for me. See, I'm no longer experiencing you mm-hmm. as a subject in my in a life. I'm experiencing you as an object that I'm wondering if you're going to meet my needs and what I have to do to manipulate you to get you there, right? That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So as Tom was saying before, that doesn't sound very intimate, does it? Because it's not. It's really not intimate. It's not really having an... Well, it's not even relational. It's like it's... it's not even relational. That's yeah. That's way to say it, man. It, it's, yeah. It totally takes the relationship out of the relationship. Right. Well, okay. I, I'm going to... And, and, I'll, and I'll try to dial it back after this, but I'm, I'm, now I'm going to take... I'm, I'm gonna, you guys have encouraged me. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to read you two little sections that go right, one behind the other at the first of the book that is, to me is, is the essence of the fact that what, what I end up talking to people about in relationship therapy a lot of times is, is we're so often without, without meaning to, without thinking about it, but we're thinking about how we are being loved rather than how we are loving That's the it component, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so this, this is, there's two little short paragraphs. One's called the language of love and the other one's called delivering. And the, the language of love goes like this. It says, I love you. I love you so much. I love you so very much. You mean everything to me. I would cut off my right arm for you. You are the sun and the moon and the stars and on and on. Such is the language of love, the magnificent language of romance. Now, delivery. It is a beautiful language, no doubt. It is a beneficial language, or is it? Well, that depends on on who is speaking the language of love. Specifically, it depends on whether or not the person doing the talking will stand behind his or her words. It's one thing to promise your right arm and quite another to deliver. It's uh, uh, and I my favorite story about this book is when I when I gave the the, the the manuscript to the people with the Walmart thing. That's the one sentence they said they wanted to take out because it seemed violent. You know, it's wow. <laughs> and I said, I said, uh, uh-uh. I said, <laughs> it's my favorite sentence in the whole book. It's like it's like it's one thing to promise your right arm and quite another another to actually deliver. It's like, would you actually give your right arm? That, that and that's to me just a statement of no. This is in. God, if we can get this, and this is what I've gotten in all this, all the work I've done is it's a, if I want to focus on my relationship, then I need to focus on how I am loving Didi, not how I think she's doing loving me. It's uh, it's not that it's 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 like you know there's lots that goes with that people go go, go oh this is, you know you shouldn't but no I'll be aware of all that and I can ha- I can take care of myself but it, it's like that's what but the, it turns out that the whole thing that we, they taught us from when we were kids it's better to give than to receive. I have the most perfect uh, anecdote to share in regards uh-huh. to that. I was at a stand up show last night uh, and the comedian was talking about his friendship with Bob Saget who recently mm-hmm. passed. Uh, yeah. And uh, one thing Bob Saget used to do, he had a beautiful kind of like very uh, connected relationship with his wife. And he said that every day he would do uh, something for 
uh, little thing um, uh, and wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't always tell her he was doing it, but he would kind of seed these uh, positive deeds mm-hmm. throughout their relationship. Mm-hmm. So then when he would go on the road to do his standup, uh, one one by one, she would realize all these things that he was doing that were no longer being done, or she'd be, miss, she be missing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it would just it would just serve to bring them even closer together when they were separate. And, oh, sweet, I love uh, yeah. That. But but always kind of in an extroverted, like in a in a you before me kind of mentality. Yeah. And as yeah. a result, and, yeah. And it's not self. And that's the other thing we have to get to with this stuff in terms of it, uh, being mature and, and emotionally so- sober. We're not talking about sacrificial giving. We're talking about giving because it's it's what because it, because it feels good. Well, that that's a very important thing to talk about because so for so long love has been fused with sacrifice mm-hmm. in our culture. You know, when you read that. Um, you know, I, that's what immediately came to mind is that we had this whole idea. I give myself up to love you. Mm-hmm. And that's not loving another person. <laughs> that's yeah. that's abandoning yourself. That's fusing yourself. That there's a lot of other ways to describe that. But we need to poison that well. See, yeah. a lot of these ideas, and, and that's the important thing, is see, our culture has a lot of of misconceptions about what love truly is we fused love with dependency mm-hmm. we fused love with sacrifice you know we fused love with selflessness i mean there's all of these things that have happened in our culture that has sent us on the wrong direction so that we end up you know i i think virginia satir said it so well she goes that 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 we've we put all this stuff on love that love can never fulfill. If you yeah. love me, you won't want to do anything without me. If you mm-hmm. love me, you know, you'll give me what I want. If you love me, you'll know what I want even before I ask you. I mean, these mm-hmm. are nonsense ideas that I fully embraced at one point. Mm-hmm. I romanticized those things. I was waiting for that woman to come along that I could have that experience, that experience with. And it never happened. And the reason it never happens is because it's all nonsense. I mean, it, right, right. The one person is going to come. It's going to that's going to make up for everything else everything. in your life because everything. because that's that's the that's the that's the the missing pieces are you know I mean basically if that worked well if that worked we there wouldn't be such thing as psychotherapists. <laughs> we would we'd be out of a job. Yeah, we, but, but we'd be in a happy relationship, hopefully. Probably. <laughs> we, wouldn't need, we wouldn't worry about it. We'd just be learning how to play guitar with Eric Clapton. That's right. That's right. I guess That's we right. gotta start wrapping this up. I mean, yeah. this has been great, man. I mean, it is a wonderful now. There was a second page you were gonna read on that. Okay, time is a gift. When someone says that there is not enough time, do not believe it. Time is limited, but but there is enough if we use it consciously and wisely. Time's limitation is what makes it a priority. Time's limitation is what makes it such a special gift. Giving the gift of time, honoring the value of time, making time for each other, that's what love is. Thanks for sharing it with us. And we're gonna put the info about where you can get the book in the show notes. All right, peace. Tinge your life, tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with Then with glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me It ain't a crime to be a human 
Never be ashamed to be yourself Rest assured that whatever you're doing Will entertain me like nobody else So here's to us, my old friends Until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again With glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me